What does it take to build a successful team? My guest on the Reset Podcast today is Michael Crocker. Michael won two premierships in the NRL, represented Australia and Queensland, and has been instrumental in to keep into building teams that grow together. He's a fantastic guy and an inspiration to the next generation with his Michael Crocker Football Academy. He's got some great insights in how you can build your teams at work, and it's great to have him on the Reset Podcast. Welcome, Mick Crocker. All right, Michael Crocker, welcome to the Reset Podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. Good stuff, mate. It's going to be fun. Um, there's something you and I have known each other for a little while now, and there's something that always got me about you, and I love it about you, and I, I kind of aspire to a similar thing. Red beard? The red beard. The red beard <laughs> is a treat. But, mate, you, you're a glue guy, all right? And there's something about being a glue guy that I love. And we've talked about this a lot, and I, I, I'll leave it to you to explain what you reckon a glue guy is and why they're important to any team that you're in. It's a hard one to explain. Like, it's for me, it's something I never thought I was or uh, I never really thought of until you actually um, termed the, the phrase for me. Um, Gave a name. Gave, put a name to it. So um, I've always been around them. I've, um, and looking back on my career, you know, it was that's something I, I always used to pride myself on. And basically that glue guy is a guy that, A, you need him in the team, but it's, it's someone that can bring everyone together. And uh, I think he's the person that can lift the spirits of everyone, and no matter whether the, you know, times are tough or times are good. Um, you know, obviously when they're tough, he can bring everyone up when they're, when they're going good, he can keep everyone grounded as well. So he's got to be able to balance that, um, uh, the mix of, of characteristics of within the team, especially in team dynamics, when you've got 35 different personalities and, you know, if you have a couple of wins, a couple of young kids could be getting carried away and, yeah. you know, you need to be able to pull them back in line. That's actually not something I'd really thought about, the kind of keeping them grounded if you're going too well. Yeah, so, so humility is obviously a really big, um, um, a really important quality and characteristic that, that I've held on to uh, and I, I've seen in, in many a glue guy, you know, they're always humble, uh, they're always kind, always positive. And, yeah, I think... Those types of guys, whether they know it or not, they're the leaders within the the club because so many people look look to them. Well, not just club, like teams, workplaces, whatever it is. They they're people that um, everyone looks to them to see how they're going. You know, no matter what the situation, they'll look over and go, oh, "Yeah, he's 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 going good, so we'll follow that." Yeah, but if, yeah, if, okay. if that glue guy's down, then every, well, everyone can go down. Well, I guess that's one of the things about that person is that they have to have that consistency. Absolutely, they consistency. Have. Yeah, and I, I, I loved playing football because no matter what was going on in my life, when I was in football at training or at a game, didn't have to think about anything else. I just had to get there and enjoy being around my mates and, and kicking the footy around. So it was pretty easy for me to block out everything else and be that person just and be present. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of guys come in, especially young kids towards the back in my career that, you know, it was almost like a chore for them to be at footy and that, right. that made me sad, you know, like it's, it's something that should never be, um, thought it's of a game. A chore. It's, it's meant to be fun. But yeah, if, if you're not having fun, you're not going to be playing your best footy. So, yeah. uh, and you know, to be, uh, obviously gratitude is a you know big, 
buzz thing at the moment but back then you know you had to be grateful that you had an opportunity even though we weren't getting the you know it wasn't million dollar contracts and stuff back then it was um, still a pretty you make it sound like it was a day of cages it wasn't that long it was a while ago Um, but it was a pretty good uh, it was a very very good occupation to have you know doing something you love and and getting to do it every day with a a group of blokes that you you bond with over um, training sessions games a couple of beers every now and then as well yeah. So when you were when you were playing, you're were you conscious that you were fulfilling that role, or was it more something you sort of saw when you looked back at it? Uh, well, I just energy was always my go-to. Now. I I was a shy kid, so when I came into the Roosters, I was a you know, I barely said a word, but I did what I could at training, so people noticed me. And then you know once you start getting a bit confident, then you um, you sort of bring that energy off the field and have a bit of fun and um, then everyone sorts of gravitate you around gravitate you around you. But I thought I had to earn that respect first with my actions, which um, I still think is really important. I think that no matter what situation you've got to you've got to lead first with the actions and you can't you can't you, you can't be preaching something uh, that you're not actually doing yourself. So yeah. if you're trying to push someone at training and you're not pushing yourself then yeah, it goes against everything that you that you stand for. It reminds me a little bit of um in the the last dance, the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary. Did you watch that? Loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? But one of the things Phil Jackson said in that, and I've recently read Phil Jackson's autobiography, which is just an amazing read if you want to read it. But he said that success is something that's a momentary thing. You've you've got to kind of keep going. And I guess that's that's what you're talking about there. You can't sort of sit back and rest on it, can you? Absolutely, and you, you need to push yourself every day. And the, you know, I think it's important to look back and reflect on what you've what you have achieved. If mm-hmm. you you know if you well, what you have achieved or what you haven't achieved, I think that that's certainly a, a driver moving forward. You know, I've unfortunately lost a few grand finals, and you know you learn. You won a few too. You won a few as well, but yeah. <laughs> How many did you win? All up. Uh, two. Two. Played in five, won two, lost three. So right. you had yeah, a fair few teams. Think, won them just after you left too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, so rabbits, rabbits won um, the year after I left as well. So um, I was yeah blessed to be part of some pretty good teams. But, yeah, yeah, I think you learn a lot from losing big games, um, and then obviously when you win big games, you can take that feeling. But it, it, it that needs to again drive you to be better the next year. Yeah. Okay. And you. I remember you telling me once about a story. Was it the first time you went to South and it was raining and miserable and everyone was sort of kicking yes. stones and wasn't too happy? I'd, I'd love you to tell everyone that story because it's just it just sums up yeah. the crocket of me. So okay, I was I was actually waiting on a visa to go to England and it didn't happen. So I waited six months. I hadn't trained for six months and um, I was just excited to get in there. And uh, I think it was probably May I came in, so it was. You know, two 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 months into a season, uh, rabbits weren't doing that great. But you know, usually when there's a new face that comes into the club, there's a bit of excitement, a bit of a buzz. And, and you were playing for Australia at the time. Uh, yeah, just just came off like the that. back of um, uh, I missed out on the World Cup because I had a busted rib. But um, you know, I played Origin and and uh, Grand Final the year before. So yeah, it was kind of the prime of my my career. Anyway, came in and. 
walked downstairs in Redfern for and nobody, anybody that doesn't know it, you walk downstairs, all the dressing sheds and everything's under underground. So um, you walk down, it's all a bit dark and gloomy. There's you know, a little hallway with some old pictures and stuff, but um, came into the sheds and yeah, everyone's head was down. <laughs> it's quiet. No Your first talking. day there. Yeah, and just sort of went around to introduce myself and everyone was like, oh, hi, how's it going? And was, wasn't much chat at all and... Anyway, so we got out on the field for the first training session. It was it was bucketing rain. I remember it was pretty cold. So May just starting to come into that colder weather, and um, everyone was huddled up under the grandstands with their hoodies on and and tracksuit tops. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, well, it's, it's raining. It's like, yeah, we're just about to train for two hours in the rain. Like, come out and have some fun. So I remember I got um, Adam Reynolds and a few little halves to to kick and at Redfin was a couple of good puddles in the corners. So kicked the ball down the corner. I've slid from 10, 15 meters out, scored the try, got up. And then all of a sudden we had everyone out there kicking balls and Let's have some fun. actually having fun before we started training. So, yeah. um, well, you have to play yeah. in the rain some days, aren't you? So no. you got to be able to train it too. Yeah. And I think that's, it. but it took me back to my childhood. And I think that's, if you can have that feeling when you're an adult, um, having that, that genuine joy of, just playing in the rain and playing with your mates and, you know, it obviously goes a long way into enjoying whatever you're doing. Yeah, you see, one of the things you're talking, you mentioned it a couple of times already, is that sort of almost being present while you while you were playing your footy. And again, going back to that Michael Jordan documentary, they, they say that, that was his, you know, his superpower, if you like. He was at totally 100% present. And how do you go trying to do that now when you, you know, because you do some public speaking and you do so, and you do a few other jobs as well. How do you go trying to find that same sort of uh, degree of presence, if you like? Uh, it's interesting because in general, I'm extremely present. I'm, I'm not a big planner of the future. I'm just focused on the moment and what's happening. But uh, I do, once I'm out of my comfort zone, so football is that's like a an old slipper that you've worn your whole life. Yeah. It's just comfort, an old blanket that kids use to um, you know comfort themselves. So that was my that was my blanket football, and it was so easy because I knew exactly what I had to do um, when I was at training, when I was on the game, on the on the field. You know, and I knew exactly what I had to do. So uh, now, when you're talking about going into a business or talking to people and different things like that, that's completely out of my comfort zone. And um, I need to not just be present, but I need to remember why I'm there, why um, why people want to hear me talk because I, I doubt myself a little bit because I'm like, why, why does... I don't think. Why would anyone? Yeah, I don't think my story is amazing. I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm not Jonathan Thurston. Uh, I know I do have a a good story, and I'm I'm blessed with the career I've had. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's a challenge for me to step out of that comfort zone, be present and confident with what I'm trying to deliver because it's not something I've done regularly, and it's not something I feel comfortable doing. I guess it's a matter of just sort of taking skills from one place and sort of working out how they translate into the next. Yeah. And I, and and I know the skills that you have the people skills and your ability to inspire and the ability to, and I know all this is just a matter of actually matter projecting of that. It. It's just that confidence. And I think the more you do it, you obviously um, get more confident doing it, but it's still, uh, I can, you know, if I've got a 15 minute spot or get asked a couple of questions, I can go off on a thousand different tangents and lose myself because I've got so, I think I've got 
a heap of different stories in there that as well that I want to tell and then sometimes I just go around in circles so I just got to make sure that I'm clear with working out with the message yeah clear with the message that I, I need to get to um, whatever crowd I'm working with that must be fun when you're doing it with your academy as well because the um, tell us a little bit about that because you're doing some great work with some young up-and-coming footballers and trying to you know get them into the right sort of headspace and mindset to yeah so i've got a kids coaching academy i've got two age groups of 10 to 12s which is mod league and then 13 plus and uh i love it i love picking up and um teaching them different skills and and showing them how and why you do it and not just how to pass and how to kick and how to tackle the other sort of skills that yeah so there's there's that there's the technical side of it and and why they why they should do things a certain way or why they are doing things a certain way um but also just those really important values within a football team like positivity and encouragement and respect and um care, looking care after for the each other, other people yeah and, and stuff so like that. yeah anytime that uh you know i don't stand for for people um you know, putting each other down or uh, there's a big fella put a shot at me the other day after I passed it and um, he sort of yahooed a little bit and I pulled him up and said, mate, that's I love that you whacked me because I've, I've asked him, he's a big kid, so I've asked him if he wants to hit people, he needs to hit me. Don't, don't remember <laughs> any younger kids. Uh, but he got me after I passed it. Well, he told one if you give one back to him. Yeah, uh, well, I hope so. I, I don't want to... I don't, I don't want to whack him as hard as I can. <laughs> he's still only 15, 16. Every now and then you've got to let him know that... Yeah, I'll let him know he's a, he's a big dog yeah. at some stage. But, um, yeah, I just had to pull him up and say, mate, like, love that you got me. And um, But, you know, I did get a pass away and we went through and made a line break. So while you're yahooing, you're letting your, your teammates team down. Drive, so yeah. you've got to get back and do that. And How do you handle that? Uh, you know, I think he was just sort of a bit... He's, um, I, think, I, I hope he took it on board and he sort of nodded and um, I think it was a bit embarrassed that I pulled it up in front of all the group but mm-hmm. I think it, it was important for everyone in that group to realise that um, humility and um, respect is really important and you know I, I said if I ever hear of anyone putting on a shot and staunching someone you know standing over the top of them yeah um, then you do see it you see it in the NRL you see it in yeah. the NFL they, they do it and it's, exactly. it's not cool it's, it? it's, it's not, not, good good, not good at all I said Look, if you if you put a shot on someone, just you know, give them a little smile and, and carry on, and because uh, at some stage they're going to try and get you back. But you know, the more you um, layer up and carry on, you're going to have every other player coming after you as well, and you're going to put a big target on your head. And I actually whether, really whether like, you like that or not. That's it's just not good for the team. And yeah. um, the the toughest people you play with are the ones that you know just get on with it. They're playing the game hard. I actually love the idea you put your shot on someone and and then. Actually, help my exactly quite like that. It's like, yeah, come back and we'll do it again too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna help you up, and yeah. so I get get them another crack. That's why I like the, I like the you know just smile and just give a little little head nod, a little, and little, little knowing like, glance. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost a respect thing, a mutual respect. You know, yeah, you got me. I'll I'll do my best to get you back. Yeah, it, it does. And do you find the do the kids because kids these days? I actually think it's like one of the things that they're really lacking is having a mentor that that they have enough respect for to be able to actually take the things on board? Do you, are you finding that's... You know, you've obviously got a pretty good CV, which is going to hold you in good standing, and you're that type of person, but do you find it hard to get through to the, the kids? Uh, the, the older kids, I think, I've, I'm, I think I've just got a really good group at the moment as well. The, the younger kids are the toughest ones, and they're just because they're, you know, between 10 and 12 years of age, they can get distracted really 
really easily and you know if one's a bit disruptive then others can be disruptive so um i think the main focus with them is just making sure that for that 25 30 seconds where i'm talking in between the drill Mm -hmm. they stop look at me listen and then they can go and do whatever they want but then when when it's work time they need to be able to switch on and i think that's something that young kids really struggle with good skill worth learning my boys at home they struggle as well just um it's just a constant battle to sit, listen, look me in the eye, get the message, and then go. Yeah. And they've got the, then at times they they need to be able to pick their time and because they, they don't know at that age when, you know, sometimes it's seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, and then they want to play and, and carry on. Yeah. They've got to pick their times and know when when's right, when's when's not. Mm. Do you find that that with with the academy kids because most of them are the sort of the better ones in their age groups and things like that, the ones that come to your academy, do you find that, do they have a, almost a sense of entitlement or, well, and if they do, how do you beat that out of them? No, there's no, I don't think there's any entitlement in the kids that I've got. It's just a lot of them, especially the real young, the, the younger ones, they've just relied on pure talent yeah. um, or size. So they're really good at running the ball, but they're not good team players. Yeah. Okay. So getting them to work together um, and pass, and you know those simple skills that are going to take them a, a lot further than what natural ability will, is something that takes a, a real long time because they're like, oh well, why would I do that when I can just get the ball and run around people? Yeah. Which is it's fine for now, but once you start getting into those. 13, 14, 15 year old age groups, everyone's going to start catching well, up to you. It's amazing how different the you get your kids at. 12 and 13 and 14 and the natural stars are the stars but then at 16 and 18 the ones that are the ones that are the, the superstars are the ones that work the hardest exactly it's yeah. amazing that that you know the talent gets you so far yeah so i came through as a young kid i was probably the 13th best player in our team we had a star started team we were undefeated from 12s through to 16s Actually, that, something happened in the club, so our coach took everyone to another club, and um, I didn't really want to go there, so I, I actually changed schools and went to the team that we used to beat. So we used to beat Redcliffe um, in all the grand finals, and I ended up going over there. Then we won 16s and 17s against the team that right. I came against from. The stars. And so out of that team that we were undefeated from 12s and 16s, uh, I played first grade and the coach's son, um, a halfback, played a little bit of Q Cup maybe for one year. Right. The rest of them just went down the you know, the wrong path and didn't use their, their talent. Um, and that other team that I went to, so our under-17s team, we had seven full-time NRL players and um, out of... You know, 20, seven full-time NRL out players of 20, out of a 20, year olds so. out of just like a suburban team yeah Redcliffe yeah, so. that is crazy yeah, and you mo- get one all of, and stuff. all of those were you know 50 games plus so right. not just a couple of games in they were yeah, yeah. some pretty pretty damn good three Australian players um, and another do you feel like you all season. lifted each other and you all oh, I think you know, they just, that many well, I think as kids, they just they all you know, Redcliffe was a working class town. They, were, they had some really good, um, you know, uh, a, a really good culture. At Redcliffe work hard and um, some really good role models. And I think they they all came from good families. Um, we had some good coaches over there as well. Um, but I think when when you're getting beaten so much as a kid, you're always striving to be better. Yeah, so I think okay. I think that we all just had that really good work ethic about us as well. 
Was there a, a mentor or a coach or you had back in those times, back in your sort of teenage days, that a story that you can think of that that person made me realise that I had a chance to, to uh, make a proper career out of footy? It's funny because I had, so from 12s, the first team I was in, our coach was Ross Hendricks who played Queensland Origin. Mm-hmm. Um, he played the very first Origin game. Did you play yeah, the halfback yeah, in the first Origin game? Yeah. Um, and so he was, he was a great coach, but he was really, really hard. And I was obviously not that great. And I was a bit of a sook and I got injured all the time. So right. he was, um, not that he was bad to me, but you know, I didn't really get a lot of confidence out of him. Um, under 17s, we had Mark Murray, who again, another played Queensland, origin, another Queensland uh, coached NRL. Anthony Griffin was our assistant who right. coached um, NRL. Yeah. Um, and then in the seniors, we had... Um, Neil, Just back that Neil up a little Lord. bit. That's three pretty impressive <laughs> coaches for a, yeah, for a yeah. young school team. To- oh, I know. And then, but the one in between that, so under 16s at Redcliffe, uh, a guy named Brian Winnie was a school teacher and he was, uh, I think he was the uh, one coach that really encouraged me just to, to be me and play me. Um right. And I think he gave me the confidence to actually go out and he goes, I, I think I was actually, he put me in the senders. He goes, I want you to, um, so I was playing a bit of fullback and halves before that. He goes, I like you in the centers, you know, you move pretty good and um, being up in the defensive line, you'll, you'll be able to tackle a little bit more. So um, he noticed that I was a, a good defender and um, that's where he he sort of really encouraged me to, to go and still the uh, be, be aggressive with my defence, but then also give, gave me that little bit of freedom to roam and, and, and get the ball as well. It's amazing that you can, you know, the one who was a school teacher and you know, the others were all yeah. pinnacles of but the just, day. And, and just a really good positive got positive influence as well, which I, I love positivity and I think everything that, you know, when you talk about that glue guy that, uh, or leadership and every, every, everything that sticks in my mind about good people and good clubs and good cultures is positivity and positive energy and positive mindset. And I think he was, he was that guy. Like he just, um, allowed us to have fun and, uh, always had a smile on his face and encouraged us to, to be kids. And when you've got 16, 17 year olds, you know, there's a lot of, it can go, it can go pear shaped a lot of the times at, at training, especially if you're trying to be competitive, but I think he encouraged that competitiveness, whilst um, being supportive and positive around yeah. us. That's amazing. Vic, been great having you Thanks on the having Reset me. Podcast. And if anyone if anyone wants, you know, needs someone to help pull a team together, get Mick to come into your business and have a chat to you because he, he does amazing work. And, you know, you need a glue guy. And you've had a lot of lot of pretty successful football teams in your life. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you've been the glue guy. Mate. It's been nice talking to you. Thanks, bud. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Good job.